What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 179. I am here tonight with Tyler. Ryan is fucking around somewhere. Ryan's on vacation or something because, you know, we're all humans and we need those. I'll be on vacation next week or two weeks from now. So we're going to have to figure out a time to record then. But I am here with Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing good. You? Eh. I mean, it's okay. It's been hot. It's actually beautiful today. The Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, so that's um, neither here nor there. And it is a dead news season. The Red Red Wings still don't have a coach. But other than that, I mean, I've been good. Can't complain. Yeah, I can't complain. The weather's been unreal here. I've been playing a lot of golf. Um, Just like last week. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's 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 kind of getting to that point in time of the year where like hockey's over. And so now I'm going to baseball games and paying but attention to baseball. It's the exciting time. It's the yeah. exciting time because we're, we're waiting for stuff to happen. Now you'll see trades start happening. You will see more people picking up coaches and assistant coaches, which we're waiting yeah, I for. I can't wait to see the shoe drop, the, the shoe start to drop on, on this kind of stuff too. Yeah. And the draft is in two weeks. I will be at the draft party. If you are going to be at the draft party, I will be at the draft party. Ryan will not. Tyler will not. I will be there. So the podcast will be at the draft party. We're going to be hanging out with a few people. Jake Brevard from Motown is going to be there. Adriana from Unsung Octopi is going to be there. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to figure out what to do before the draft party because we normally meet up and drink and then go to the draft party and drink more. It's also Sport Jim's birthday. So that will be even better. But we have a show. And by we have a show, again, it's dead news season. But we do have things to talk about. So first. We'll get it out of the way quick. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche on winning the Stanley Cup. No, no, you're wrong. Congratulations to Darren Helm. Sure. But the Colorado Avalanche, they were the best team. I mean, they were the best team in hockey. They deserved it. The Tampa fans can cry all they want about officiating or whatever they want to cry about. The The Avs were the best team. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I will say one thing. Um, they're road to the Stanley cup was not as hard as it's been in years past, but I guess the West just was kind of down. Edmonton couldn't play defense. Calgary couldn't, couldn't beat Edmonton. So, I mean, Vegas couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they, they were definitely the best team. Uh, and then they beat up a, a, you know, a very good Tampa Bay team. So, they they deserve credit. They won the Stanley Cup. They were the better team. And like I told you before, um, it was kind of the every game was pretty much the same besides the two games that were kind of blowouts where Tampa won. And then, you know, game two where Colorado blew the doors off of Tampa. So, I mean. Like it was I kind of said this to you before, like Tampa would start out really good. And then the game would kind of go to shit and Colorado would pick it up and they'd pick it up and some games they'd come back. And, and then, you know, the, the one game that Tampa won, they kind of held on for dear life. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, Colorado is a better team, given the credit. Um, I think they're going to be a good team next year as well as will yep. Tampa. So, I mean, there is a possibility that we get the same situation as we got in 07, 08 or yeah. 07, 08 and 08, 09 with Detroit and uh Pittsburgh, um, you know, there's obviously a possibility between Colorado and Tampa. Both of those teams will be back next year. I don't know if they'll be in the finals, but they'll certainly be in the playoffs. I can almost guarantee that at this point. Yeah, they released the odds for next season, like exactly when the, yeah, the I don't Cup is handed out. Why they do that? 
Did you see I, him? Yeah, I did see that. I don't understand what they do that in every sport. And I don't know if you have bleacher reports, notifications or, or the score or whatever. Literally after a it's team the wins the championship, the, the second after or like, sorry, you'll go to bed and you'll wake up in the next morning. You look at your phone. It's like, oh, 2022 or 2023 Stanley Cup um, odds, odds, Colorado yeah. Avalanche favorite. Like, yeah, no shit. But what surprises me, like, so Colorado Avalanche are favorite. Uh, second favorite, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, the team who has not made it out of the first round of the playoffs and is now an absolute cap hell is the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And then it is Tampa, I believe, and then Vegas. But yeah, it's and Pittsburgh's on the list, too. So I think it's it's funny because you look and it's who in in Toronto paid the odds makers to to make the Leafs the second favorite for the cup when they have done literally nothing to get past the first round of the playoffs. It, it was kind of funny to me, but yeah, they are favored. I the think abs- they should be in the top five. They definitely shouldn't be too. I think it should just be Tampa too. Sure. Now Tampa though, Tampa's got some work, a little bit of work to do as well in the off season. Cooper even said in his post game press conference that um, basically that it's not going to be the same group of guys coming back. You've got guys like Andre plots, probably going to be gone. There's a few others. Um, Stamkos is still really good, but he's not getting any younger. Kucherov is Kucherov will be 30. Kucherov is also a giant baby, but he'll be 30 years Mm -hmm. old. And it's, the team is getting older. They're going to have to replace some pieces. Eventually, they will also be in cap problems. I mean, would they have been in better shape if Braden Point was, was healthy the entire series? Probably. Yeah, but I still no think doubt. they would have lost. And you're going to have him back next year. But- I think if Tampa was 100% healthy, which you're not in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we played my game for a second. They're 100% healthy. I think there's a chance that Tampa wins that, that Stanley cup. And then, you know, I mean, they weren't that far off that they didn't play their best hockey and they still weren't that far off. So, I mean, Tampa definitely had a chance to win that if some bounces went their way, but they were, they were just not, they weren't, they weren't the better team and they didn't deserve to win. So they didn't. And I think Landis said it best because they ask all the time, what, because we know the NHL is a copycat league what are other teams going to take away from the Colorado avalanche going into next season? And his first response was find yourself a Kale McCarr. And it's, it's true. And the Red Wings do have a Mo cider. So, I mean, we're already halfway there and the last two cups that the Colorado avalanche won, the Red Wings won the Stanley cup the year after. So if we follow that same pattern, Red Wings, 2023 Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, um, I wouldn't hold book my it, breath. Book it right now, Tyler. I, I wouldn't hold my breath, although I guess... The, the, Anything's possible. You're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think if the Red Wings make the playoffs next year, that's a huge step forward. Huge. Absolute huge. So, and I, I think there's a chance. I guess it just depends on kind of what the offseason looks like. Like, you know, we've talked about uh, trade possibilities, and I'm sure we'll talk about some here. Like. There's certainly some opportunities to push your team forward enough where you do make the playoffs. Sure, I think so. But I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. But I guess it, it kind of depends on what Steve Eisman does, and and that's kind of what's going to make this this off season as interesting as probably. I don't know. I don't even know when the last quote unquote interesting off season was. I mean, 
it had to have been back when the wings were, you know, contending for Stanley yeah. Cup's perennial, perennial. Uh, I can't say that word all the time. That's all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the only thing that you can kind of, that's, I can't even, I can't even put a name. Maybe that 2007 off season or, or maybe the off season after they won the Stanley cup and got Marion Hosa and just got better and somehow didn't win that cup. Well, off seasons really haven't been super exciting since the cap because when, when there was no cap teams could just do whatever the fuck they want. And it was amazing. Oh, one off season in between that. Oh, one and (laughs) Oh two season when the wings got, literally everyone got Dominic Koshik, the hall of fame team. Yeah. The hall of fame team. You know, I mean, again, like I said, that's obviously you can't do that anymore, but in terms of off seasons, I mean, you can be excited about the draft. You can be excited about free agency. There's always trade possibilities. There's, there's endless possibilities to what's going to happen with this team. And and you got to be excited for it really. Yeah. I think this one's going to be really important too, because you you don't know you go into it thinking oh the Red Wings are going to patch some holes and they're going to bring up a couple prospects and we're going to go out on the ice but like we mentioned last week they're still far below the cap floor and you have to hit that cap floor and I I think we'll be close to it I don't think we're going to spend super high above it but Iserman might make a move that will surprise people he's got money to spend uh, we still don't know what's happening with Dylan Larkin, but he's got the money to spend. He's basically confirmed that he's not going to make any huge splashes. He's going to do what makes sense. But if there's someone that becomes like, like we had talked about offer sheeting at Kevin Fiala, you've got money to spend there. Now, do you want to give up the picks? Maybe. But if you figure like we figure they should be a borderline, at least a borderline wildcard team, if not sneaking into that wildcard spot. And I think uh, DMAC backed us up on that that your draft position is not probably not going to be super great next year. Anyways, you're going to be middle of the pack. So if you've got to give up that pick, then maybe it's not such a big deal that you're giving that pick up next year. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's definitely players to be had. Um, you know, the cap doesn't go up a super amount a super, you know, large a million dollars next year. year. So, I mean, it goes up a little bit, but it, it's certainly not enough you get teams like Toronto and Tampa Bay and teams like that that are up close to the cap out of that, you know, the, the cap situation that they're in, you know, there's a lot of teams up there. Vegas is another one. Um, Montreal somehow is another one. Holy we Lord. talked about that. Boston somehow is another one. Montreal so, really I mean, did themselves a Ken Holland, didn't they? Spend a ton of money and not do anything. Vegas really has screwed themselves over. And I, I'm sure they can probably figure it out. But I mean, like I said, they're they're gonna have to kind of have a little bit of a Houdini act to to kind of get out out of where they are right now. I mean, they have sixteen players and they're still like two million over the cap. So um, that's what happens when you rush to get Jack and Eichel makes some make moves there. Although I think the the Shea Weber contract that they got from the Canadians can go on LTIR. It can. Right? Yep. So yep, that was the plan there. You get you get bit. rid of Dadanov's contract. And you take on Shea Weber's, but then you LTIR them, so you do save money there. You actually save quite a bit of money, and that will help them, but they're still going to have to make moves to lower their cap even further. Yeah, and Montreal, even getting rid of Shea Weber's contract, is still only a million under the cap. I think that uh, it's it's some prime space for a little bit of Iser fleecing that, that could possibly happen this offseason because of how 
much trouble other teams are in. The, well, like we you talked said, about Vegas. I don't know if you want to go into that, what, what I told you about earlier. Sure, you can start it off with the, the Nick Haig trade rumors. Yeah, so a lot of people um, have, have started to write about this, and I kind of picked up on it a couple times. I mean, not like anyone super familiar with the situation, but I have heard some people that mention it, and a lot of people have said that Vegas is in a cap situation, which we are obviously we, we you can see that. Um, it's abundantly so clear. <laughs> I believe Nick Haig is a RFA. I don't know if you can look that up. Yeah, I can look it up. Oh, I have it here. Yeah, he's an RFA, so obviously he needs a contract. Um, he was making last year 863K. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to probably need a little bit more than that. But, I mean, you could probably get – he can be had, I would say. Um, he's obviously not a super, you know, offensive defenseman kind of guy, but you don't need that. You need bodies on this team still. Yeah. And a guy like that, he's six foot six. He's huge. He's so, a big guy. He's 22 years old. So he's young, pretty fast guy. I mean, he can be had. And I think the wings can, can put together a little package. It doesn't have to be anything super big. I don't think, I think maybe what a second round pick. I think you could probably get him for less than that. I mean, Nick Haig right now, looking at Jay Fresh's player card on Nick Haig, his projected war is six. This now is a three-year weighted average, 61% with an EV offensive, 83% and EV defensive, 48. Uh, goals per 60, 89% assists. Uh, first assist per 60, 69%. So primary assists. I mean, his, his numbers are good. Uh, it's, I think, though, because of the situation that Vegas is in, Maybe you could give them a third. Maybe you could give yeah. them a fourth and a, and a lesser prospect. Yeah, and then and then maybe deal Zadina to to another team and try to get some some forward help. Sure, you could do that too. I'm I mean, again, I'm not super ready to give up on Zadina, but if if a team came calling and said, "Hey, I've got this guy who wants out. I think he needs a fresh start." Um. You could say, well, maybe Zadina needs a fresh start too. There you go, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> but no, that that would actually be a good fit. I but think I don't know. I don't know that Winnipeg would do that. I mean, they gave up a significant amount. Well, it was just line A, right? I mean, yeah. Well, so Elliot Friedman on Thirty Two Thoughts recently was talking about the situation in Winnipeg and said that going into this off season. He had the feeling based on who he's around that one or two of Wheeler, Shifley, and Pierre-Luc Dubois would not be back next season. I mean, Blake Wheeler's getting older, so is Mark Shifley, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is just not happy. So uh, Is that Pierre guy ever happy? No, I, that's the other thing. So he's mad. He don't want to be there. <laughs> He didn't want he to be where he was be before. Anywhere. He didn't want to be in Columbus. Doesn't want to be in, in Winnipeg. What, okay, I can't what blame him for want? not wanting to be in Ohio. And I can't blame him for not wanting to be in Winnipeg because isn't, isn't his dad his dad's like part of the Winnipeg Jets organization, I believe. I don't know. I from everything I hear, it is a terrible, frigid, barren wasteland that no one wants to be in. So I would say that if you could maybe package, if you think Zadina needs a fresh start, and apparently Pierre-Luc Dubois needs fresh start number three. Um, if you could 
package as Adina and a pick to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then that absolutely solidifies your second line center issue. Yeah. 100%. Eric, Dubois, Eric Dubois, his dad is the, um, the assistant coach for the Manitoba moose. Maybe he just doesn't like his dad. I don't know. But, possible. But, but I mean, I, I mean, I'd trade for him. I'm not saying sure. I wouldn't trade for him, but I'm not giving up a lot for him. I mean, no. Yeah. I wouldn't either, but he's basically already said that he's not happy and would like to be moved. And if he's requesting a trade again, they're not, I mean, they don't have any, he's an RFA. They don't have any reason to, to trade him for nothing because they've got control over him. He either plays there or he doesn't play. So I don't know, maybe you, maybe you try and swing a trade there. If you think Zadina needs a fresh start, you try and get your second line center that way. Maybe you can trade as Adina in a couple picks and get a yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois. And the other thing too, I mean, Pierre Luc Dubois in in the past, um, you know, the, you, the player could threaten the KHL like Athanasiu did. Sure. You know, now with the, with the situation the way it is right now, yeah, no, you ain't threatening nothing. But um, you know, the, the way Russia is right now, you are you going to go over and play there? I wouldn't. No. So, I don't think any, I don't think they're playing anything there. Like. No, they they are playing. In oh, the, yeah, of they're course. Still doing but like the KHL and stuff. a couple teams quit, didn't they? Like there are there are considerably Ovechkin, less teams. Ovechkin scoring goals for their soccer team. My, what can't he do? I think they let him. Like you used to see the uh, the clips of they like let Putin skate in and, and score goals. Yeah, score like goals on them. Goals like fucking night. what sixty plus years old. He's a, yeah. Uh, in the little he's terrible shape and they just let him like geriatrically skate toward the goal and like the goalie like dives out of the way and he scores i feel like that's what happened with ovi is they're like oh it's ovechkin gotta let him score a soccer goal yeah so well you know um yeah i think that's possible i think you could see and then again you could then sign pierre luc dubois to a considerably high-end contract and there you go you hit your cap floor well there's a big sign center Exactly. And he solidifies your second line center. And I think he's a, he would definitely be your one B. He's not a, he's, he could be a first line center. So he'd be Larkin's one B and that's a fantastic situation to have. I would totally do that. You give up a Zadina, you give up a couple picks, you get your second line center. Maybe you have to give up another prospect in the same, but he's, I don't think he's going to cost you as much as because of his situations and his problems that he's had. I don't think he'd cost you as much as like we talked about last week, a Debrinket. I yeah. think he could cost you less. You could send Tyler Bertuzzi to Winnipeg. Couldn't you? You could. You could send Burton a pick to Winnipeg. You could send. Because it doesn't seem like Winnipeg, they want to blow the whole thing up. It seems no. like they kind of want to retool and like kind of, kind of not gut the core, but like just kind of move on from the core. And kind if of- they want Shifley and Wheeler to stay, they've got to move quickly to try to win because if, like I said, they're getting older, there's not a lot of uh, extra time there and they're not going to be in for a full rebuild. If they're, if Winnipeg is saying we're rebuilding, Shifley and Wheeler are going to say, okay, we're out. We don't have the time. How old is, is uh, Shifley? Uh, Mark Shifley. can't be that old. I remember playing NHL ultimate team and he was like a six foot five. Um, Six foot three uh, forward that played for the Barry Colts. Mark Shifley is 29 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's still, he's got a pretty reasonable contract too. I would actually not mind him. Blake Wheeler is 35. Oof. 
So yeah, and he'll be 36 in August. So I mean, he's still a good player, but he's he, just he not. Is. He's not, you know, the player that he once was. No, I but again, he's Shifley, running out of time. Could the Wings trade swing and trade for Shifley? Does he go against my rule of no players over the age of 28? Yes, yeah, he just turned 29, but maybe. I mean, again, it was you, 24 you, though. You would get your now when. Are you causing a rift there? I mean, Mark Shifley last season in 64, uh, 67 games played had 29 goals and 41 assists for 70 points. Does he usurp Dylan Larkin as your top line center mm. at that point? No, I don't think so. Do you think Shifley is your second line center at that point? I think, I think you would really, I think you would really have to overpay to get a Mark Shifley I think you could get a Pierre Dubois. It's probably almost better to go out and get a Debrinket. I think you. Well, no. If we're looking at centers, I think you could pay less to get a Pierre Luc Dubois than you would have yeah. to pay to get a Mark Shifley. I yeah. think the I think the Jets would rather keep Mark Shifley than Pierre Luc Dubois, even though Dubois is younger, and it's just the situation that he has put himself in, where he's just got a negative attitude. Apparently, Did about he have everything. A bad year this year. Who? Pierre Luc Dubois? Dubois, yeah. Uh, if generally you have down years if you're playing somewhere you don't want to be playing. He had 60 points in 81 games. He did. He's 24 he years old. and 32 assists. Yep. So, I mean, that's your... He had 106 penalty minutes. Holy shit. But, yeah, he would come in and he'd be your 1B with Dylan Larkin. Shifley... So, so Shifley would do the same thing. Shifley would come in and be your 1B with Dylan Larkin or 1A or however you'd want to do it because, again, on a Jets team who is not phenomenal, he had over a point per game. He's had over a point per game the past one, two, three, four seasons. 2017-18, uh, he was a point per game. 16-17, uh, he had 82 and 79. So the last season he was not a point per game player was his... Fourth year, uh, third year in the league, 2015, 16, he had 61 points in 71 games. So at 29, he's still at an exceedingly high level of play. And it's, it, I think it would take you much more to get him than it would for you to get a Pierre Luc Dubois, even though yeah, both I of like them the, would do what you want like them the to do. I like Dubois idea, to be honest. <laughs> I do too. Um, so the next piece of news we have to talk about Henrik Zetterberg and his mm. non induction into the Hall of Fame. Instead, the Hall taking three other Swedes in the Sedin Twins and Daniel Alfredson. Roberto Luongo got in too, which is good. But um, I, I think I, I didn't think Zetterberg would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I didn't, even though we love him. He was a, a phenomenal player, especially for where he was drafted. One of those Ken Holland diamond in the rough kind of drafts, but. I think that maybe you'll see him get in when Datsuk is eligible. I think Datsuk's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So maybe they put the Euro twins in together. But I don't have any doubts that Henrik Zetterberg will get into the Hall of Fame. I, I actually think they might also retire his number. But I'm not sure. I think sure. both of them get retired. They might. And, I, and even if they don't retire Zetterberg's number, I'm not sure they let anyone use number use his number again um yeah i mean i don't think 40 is a very common number 
anyways. So no, I don't think so. But the one thing that kind of irks me about the whole thing is like Alfredson and Zetterberg were teammates for a year. For a year, yeah. Uh, it, 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 kind of at the end of Alfredson's career. Um, Zetterberg has won a Stanley Cup. Alfredson has not. Um, I know Alfredson has eleven hundred points or 1157 points Zetterberg is 960 and I think where the argument really comes in is not really the regular season like obviously in terms of regular seasons Alfredson had you know much better or not much better but marginally better stats in the regular season um and he played on some loaded Ottawa Senators teams obviously one of the best lines in hockey for what six years Spezza Alfredson Heatley um so I mean, those teams are unbelievable. But wh- where the, the real argument, I think, is, is the playoffs. You remember that stat, right? The, the stat that Zetterberg had, I think it was no player in the NHL since 0203 when Zetterberg came into the league. This, this is probably going back to 2014. But they used to still say this because he, he had the most points in the Stanley Cup playoffs since 0203 when he came into the league. So... I mean, that's that's where Zetterberg made his case for the Hall of Fame, I think. You know, obviously played in a ton of Stanley Cup playoff games for some really good Wings teams. But he had 120 points in 137 playoff games. A point in the playoffs is a lot harder to get than a point in the regular season. Um, yeah, he was over a point per game in like five of his, his playoff seasons. He had... Uh, 2005, six, he had six points in six games, uh, six, seven, he had 14 points in 18 games. Oh, seven, oh, eight. He had 27 points in 22 games. Uh, oh, eight, oh, nine, 24 and 23, nine, 10. He had 15 and 12. So yeah, he, he played several seasons where he was above a point per game in the playoffs. Yeah. Well that Oh, two, that, uh, Oh, Oh, eight, Oh, nine season where, where Datsuk pretty much didn't play much of the playoffs. And it kind of was Zetterberg and Hosa and those guys kind of carrying the team until Datsu could get healthy. I mean, that season it's it alone was one of one of his better playoff seasons. And I mean, he was the best player on the team pretty much without Datsuk there, and, and obviously uh, best forward, I should say. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that he'll get in. Um, I know a lot of the people like I was listening to um, NHL Network Radio, and they were saying that. Zetterberg will probably get in, but it may not be for five or six years. And I'm just like, that's a long time. Bullshit that there's no way that that's the case. He could get in next year. Um, Although I think there's some more eligible players next year that are, that are like shoe ins. Let me see what, what's the, what is it? The 2023 hall of fame. Yeah. It'd be this 2022, 23 hall of fame. But yeah, I think, and you can even go and look at Zetterberg's, season by season points totals he had over he had six seasons where he was over a point per game so for being taken number 210 overall in the draft now granted the so draft back then is not the same first first year eligible henrik lundquist cord crawford justin williams alexander mogilney still returning henrik zetterberg's um uh, megan duggan curtis joseph patrick eliash i mean so do you think do you think Corey Crawford's a first ballot Hall of no, Famer? No. Well, you know what though? Three Stanley Cups. He was on some really good teams. And I know, I know everyone gives him shit for his glove, and rightfully so. But I mean, if Lundquist gets in, and Lundquist he has no is Stanley absolutely Cups, 
absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. If if Lundquist gets in and he has no Stanley Cups, Crawford's got to get in and he's got three. Is it about Cups, though? I mean, no, maybe not. But, I mean, obviously, in terms of hockey and, and a career, I mean, Henrik Lundquist was much better, you know. He was a guy that was taken 205th overall in, in 2000 and, you know, carved out the career that he had. Um, won that Olympic gold with Sweden. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's certainly another thing that, that the Hall of Fame takes a look at because it's not just the NHL Hall of Fame, it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. So, yep. I don't know. Williams Williams is interesting, too. I could see him getting in. I don't know. My whole thing is that uh, the Sedin twins, uh, did they have any cups? No. Two no. girls, no cup. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Alfredson, did he have a cup? No. no. Roberto Luongo, did he have a cup? No. No. So you've got four people inducted this year that did not have Stanley Cups. So... This is the year, I think, where they said, oh, maybe they looked at it a little harder. And just to please fans, they inducted a bunch of people without cups because one player does not make a Stanley Cup winning team. Well, you know what? I will say one thing. Those Canucks teams with the Sedins and and Luongo and and Kessler and all those guys, I mean, those teams are obviously great. So, I mean, it's not a shock to me that those guys got in. And I think, I hate to say this, but like, you know, the Sedin's career has always been together. They were drafted yep. together. Um, you know, they played together. <laughs> they were on Team, team Sweden together. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of they rightfully could have been so Siamese that they were going twins. to the Hall of Fame together. What's <laughs> they, could that? Have, they could have been Siamese twins, basically, for everything they did together. And now they're working both in the front office together. Of course they are. So, I mean, those guys obviously deserve it. And, I mean, we could talk about Alfredson and, and Zetterberg. I think the one interesting thing to me is how is Alexander Mogilny not a Hall of Famer? <laughs> I, I, I like again. I think what they did is they're like, well, we got to try this for the fans because like, is Mogilny never going to get in? I mean, he's got to have been on the ballot for what five years, six years? I don't know when he retired. He, he had to. I think. He, oh, he retired in two thousand six. Yeah, so he's been on three years post would be he would have been eligible in two thousand nine. He's been on forever. Holy crap! He's got to be in the Hall of Fame, man. He's one of only six players to score seventy five goals in one season, and all five of them are in the Hall of Fame. And McGillney's not. That's <laughs> that's unbelievable. There are always what you will know is there are always snubs, Tyler. There are always going to be snubs for the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, but, I mean, again, like I, like I said, I, I think Zetterberg will get in, kind of tying this all together. I think Zetterberg will be in. It might just take a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a doubt there. And I think Datsuk will also get in. I do too. I actually think Datsuk's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. But probably, yeah. We've got a couple more things to cover tonight. We have an interesting development. Like we said, the draft is two weeks away. Bobby Margarita has released his final draft order. And uh, real, real interesting because Shane Wright is not number one on Bobby Margarita's draft order. He has bumped up Yurash Slavkovsky to number one, Shane Wright two, Logan Cooley three, Simon Nemec at four, and Cutter Gauthier at five. I don't agree with the Gauthier bump, but that is bumping down players to our area like a Brad Lambert 
like a uh, Frank, well, Frank Nazar is in our area anyways, but like a Savoy. So the Red Wings are going to have some pretty good picks at eight. And if you doubt Bobby Margarita, since 2009, he has, I believe, correctly predicted every first overall pick since 2009, mm. which is a long time. He even predicted the nail Yakupov pick for Edmonton. So maybe they're Bobby going to Margarita's him. He's not as drunk as you think he is. <laughs> yeah, he's not. A, maybe he was drinking his margaritas when he was making his list. But I mean, I have no reason to doubt Bob. He's been in the business forever. In, and he knows what he's talking about. He also is probably more well-connected than most people. So if Slavkowski goes one, I wouldn't be mad. So let me ask you this, right? How is this World Juniors going to work? What do you mean? Is, it's is in it in August? August? Yeah, they just announced, uh, I, I believe it's, it's going to be mid-August. I, I Don't quote me on that directly, but I know it's going to be in August. And Camp starting September, late September? Yeah, but how's that going to work in terms of, like, who's going to play? I would assume August that... 9th, USA opens play against Germany. Well, once players are signed, they are not automatic. Or once players are drafted, they're not automatically signed. Yeah, so there's true. that. So they, so can they could just go they play. Want to before they yeah. sign. Yeah, they could do that. I would assume teams are not going to say... I mean, most most players, new dra- newly drafted players, unless they're pick one through three, generally don't make their team year one. So they'd let them go play in the World Juniors anyways because it's not really going to affect anything. They're going to want them at camp in September. But if they're in the World Juniors and it takes a couple weeks, then, they are, then they'll be free to do whatever they want afterwards. But I don't think they're going to have any issue getting their players in the world juniors because they do want that exposure on the world stage for their prospects. How's that going to work though? So they're going to play the world juniors in August and then they're going to play it again in January. Uh, yeah. That I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They already this, said they're staying on schedule for next yeah, year because, because the world juniors from this year, obviously we know it was canceled because Canada couldn't get their shit together. Yeah, that one's replacing the one that, that was canceled. So this one, the, the next one would be in January. And I don't know who's going to play in that. Are they just going to have guys play twice? I, it beats me. I have no idea what they're going to do there. I mean, I hate to say, like, as much as it's going to be cool watching the World Juniors in the middle of August, like, they probably should have just canceled it and moved on. Probably. But whatever. That's not here nor there. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, they could. They could just say, hey, we're going to do it in August. And you figure September, October, November, December, January, five months later, do another one. I mean, it, it seems not likely, but I don't, I don't see With any the reason IHF, they couldn't do it. Jeff, I wouldn't even be surprised. No, because, me either. Because they moved the, the one out of Russia. I don't know where it is now. I, I think it's in Canada. I think it might be in the United States. Halifax and Moncton. New Brunswick. Okay. So that's yeah. in Canada. Yeah, and it is. It is. It's already scheduled. The, the, the schedule to be held from de- December 26, 2022 through January 5th, 2023. Then it's happening. So it is happening. And then the 2022 one is has been rescheduled to August. So that is accurate. They're going to play two. Yeah, and they're not. They're, they're just going to restart it. They're not saying, well, we're going to count these games from last time. They're I actually don't it. mind that because everything was so different was and who knows what the teams are going to look like and yeah. everything. And William Wallander has made the team now. So William Wallander will be playing for Sweden 
when he yeah, was that'll cut be last good. Time. I think most of the guys, most of, most of the uh, um, most of the prospects that maybe weren't able to play because of COVID concerns or whatever, yep. they'll be able to play now, which will, will be good. I think it'll be best on best. So, it will be. Um, but before we get to our last segment of the night, our Q&A, we're going to read a quick ad from Manscaped, growing out your playoff beard, let that thing loose up top. But our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below the waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE. Shaving your ball starts with the perfect package for your package, the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. Hide your beard trimmers because tis the season for ball trimmers. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer leads the performance package 4.0 and features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is also included in this package. It is also waterproof and has the skin safe technology so you can keep the unnecessary roughness on the ice where it belongs. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your ball sticking to your leg from end to end. No one will be chirping you anymore. And the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. So again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. Again. Go buy their body wash. Holy hell, it is amazing. Uh, Tyler, go buy their body wash. It is amazing. I will buy the body wash. One pump gets like, it's the entire, like seriously, I use so much body wash and waste a ton of it. With this, it's a single pump and you will be spending the next 15 minutes cleaning off your, what I use those like crazy scrubby things you get down the aisle. You'll spend the next 15 minutes washing soap out of it. Because the just the lather is absolutely insane. So, and does it leave your skin like like soft and and yeah? Not dry? No, it's like super. Again, that also has aloe in it, so it's hydrating, and it smells very faintly of cologne, which is great. It doesn't make you smell like weird Amazon rainforest or very fake plastic scent. So it smells really good, and you will get a ton of use. It also comes in an aluminum bottle, so you don't you can't like squeeze it and get a bunch of stuff all over the place or drop it and put it all put drop it and break the cap right off yeah or break the thing in half and then you got to pour it into like a gallon ziploc bag and (laughs) cut the corner uh but yeah no it's it's amazing it's really good stuff again and then the the trimmers are i mean second to none and the blades are replaceable the ceramic blades so you need a new one you just pop it off pop the new one on and again, ceramic, so it's not going to snag. It's not going to. It's uh, very much more or less likely to cut you. So it's an awesome deal. Go to manscaped.com. Techniques too to make yourself so you don't get cut in terms of like how you hold things and, sure. and whatever. I'm not going to get into everything. <laughs> I have been doing his online, research, but certainly there's there's ways to do it so you can avoid even potentially getting cut. Yeah, you can uh, shave a little unicorn in there, or a star, or a rainbow, there or whatever you, you want to do, right? Uh, but yeah, go to manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE. So before we move on to the last section of the night, I just needed to read a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. 
New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, we are going to end tonight's show. I asked, and I mean, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll get some responses because we came on going, ah, oh, it's slow news day again. There's nothing really to talk about. But we do have a Q&A that I did post and immediately got responses from. So we are going to talk Q&A tonight. And Tyler did not get advanced notice of all these questions. So we're going to go off the cuff with Tyler. Uh, and they're all from Twitter. So Mike Kosnick at M Kosnick one. Will we have a coach by the end of the week? Um, by the end of this week, today is Tuesday. I'm going to say no. I think we will get a coach next week. And I believe it will be one of the Tampa assistant coaches at this point. Uh, and it's going to probably, I, I would maybe a Monday or Tuesday of next week announcement for it. Uh, just let them get all their, their affairs in order and, and do an interview because that's probably, the draft probably is, on, is it next Friday? Uh, the draft is on the seventh. That is next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yep. I'm going to say we have a coach by the time the draft starts. That I think was one of Iserman's things. He said he wanted to have a coach before the draft starts. Yeah. So, so I, I think that that, that is, is what will happen. I don't know. It could be this week. Uh, it could be one of those situations where Steve Eisenman's like, yeah, it's a little bit too quiet around the hockey landscape. Let's, let's get this out shake, of the way. Shake so, some shit up. Yeah. Let's shake some shit up. Right. Uh, so. Here, here's a tweet from Kevin weeks from earlier. And I don't know half the names on here, but here you go, Tyler young coaches to keep an eye on Jack Adams, finalist, Andrew Burnett, who I thought probably would also get an interview with the wings because I was pretty surprised they fired him after what he did with the Panthers. Uh, Jeff Halpern, who is one that is is probably going to get a long look in Detroit. Jay Leach, Marco Sturm, Spencer Carberry, Ryan McGennell. No idea who that is. Mm. Dave Nemirovsky, Jason Payne, Elaine ne- uh, Nazreddin. Nazreddin, yeah, he was yep. in New Jersey a couple of years ago. Uh, Matt Thomas, Sheldon Brookbank, Enrico Blasi, Mark Savard, and Mike Pekka. Yeah, Rico Blasi was the coach at um, Miami of Ohio and won almost won a national championship there with them. Actually built a pretty good program there. Um, but I, that's several years ago now. And then Mark Savard's an interesting one. I, I kind of look at him as potentially with Boston. Wasn't he with Windsor this year in the, the OHL? Could not tell you. I think he was with Windsor in the OHL this year, Mark Savard as a coach. So, but anyways, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some good – young coaches out there for sure. Yeah. Halpern has the inside relationship with Steve Eiserman because being from Tampa, but it's, it's a long list of young coaches and Elliot Friedman kind of post uh, pointed to the fact that Detroit is looking at younger people and people that you don't really hear in talk for head coaching positions frequently. So, so there does, it, does it seem to you like they're going to go and, and try to do the Swedish route or no? The longer it, 
it takes, the less likely I think that is to happen. Now, maybe they bring in a Ricard Gromborg as an assistant. And and maybe he works his way into a head coaching position. But it doesn't look, at this point, it doesn't look like it. I mean, I'm kind of glad they didn't dip their toe in the water of Barry Trotz or yeah, me too. Any who of is not like, going to be coaching next season? Bear, yeah, like I mean, Barry Trotz is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. Sure, you know, great coach. But it, it it was time to move on from, or I shouldn't say time to move on, but it was time to get away from the the old club. Get off the carousel. Yeah, get off the carousel. Kind of go around. I mean, if everyone else wants to stay on it, then that's sure. fine. But I think the wing should kind of go away from that. Uh, from J97 on Twitter at Warm Crib Music, which of the new coaching hires do you expect to have the most immediate impact on their team? And that's kind of a tough one to answer. I'm, I'd am i love to say Cassidy, Cassidy in Vegas. I think he's going to be a very good coach for that team. Um, he seems to be able to, to squeeze talent out and I don't think anyone not anyone but a lot of people didn't expect Boston to do what Boston did this season I don't think and and Cassidy has has been good pretty much every season he was there Tyler will disagree but I think Cassidy in Vegas is probably the the direction there for me I think it's going to be um Paul Maurice with the Florida Panthers I that's just a think good the one Panthers too Panthers are still Still a really good team, and I mean, obviously, Paul Maurice is a good coach. There's no, there's no, that, that that's not a question. I don't think. I, I really do think Paul Maurice is a good play is a good coach. So, I, I mean, and obviously Cassidy could be a one as well, but I, I definitely think that that Maurice has the upper hand there. I'm going to change my answer to whoever Steve Eiserman hires. Uh, they will have the most immediate impact on their team you because homer. these other teams are already like Florida's already in the playoffs. Boston was already in the playoffs. Red Wings aren't. So if we can go from eighth worst in the league to 15th worst in the league, that's a, I mean, that's the most immediate impact on their team. So whoever Steve Eiserman hires, they're going to do it. Uh, next question from Jimmy St. Dennis at James St. Dennis underscore. Will the wings trade the eighth pick? I am going to say no. I don't think there is any reason for the Red Wings to move up or to waste assets to move up in this draft. Um, the only thing I could say is if they traded for Debrinket. And I still, I don't think I would, I would push if you're trading for Debrinket, I would push to trade next year's pick, not this year. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That is that's certainly fair. I don't think they're going to trade it just because I don't think Steve Eisenman's in that. There's no appetite to trade it to start, you know, moving, um, uh, first round picks. Yeah. Maybe. Well, next I mean, season. I guess anything's possible at the end of the day from Shane at Shane underscore lizard on Twitter. Why is Steve Eiserman? And that's a very good question um, because he is Steve Eiserman is everything. He is the beginning and end. He sees all he is Steve Eiserman. Uh, that's, I mean, it's because he's just a phenomenal hockey mind. That's why it's interesting, right? I mean, Eiserman did a great job in Tampa. I mean, obviously, was a great Red Wing and, and a Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame person on top of everything. Um, one of the best captains ever. I mean, you can't say enough good things about Steve. I mean, we could go on for 25 minutes about how great 
of a individual and a great player and everything else and leader but in terms of is he a better player or is he a better executive because if he can win a stanley cup with detroit sure and and bring this thing all the way full circle and, and this rebuild kind of out of where it was and then obviously the dynasty that he started with tampa bay i mean <laughs> i know he didn't fully oversee that but you could he could be in the conversation as one of the best executives ever and he'll have his job here until he doesn't want it anymore yeah, well, they are not put, firing Steve Eiserman. Like the city will revolt. They are not no, firing Steve Eiserman. See, but the thing is, right? I mean, obviously, at one point in time, there will be times where people do start questioning him sure. and stuff like that, kind of like Michigan did with Jim Harbaugh. But the difference is, Eiserman has won at other places doing what he's done. You know, Jim Harbaugh didn't win at Stanford and didn't win with the 49ers, although he came close. So, I mean, I guess there's the kind of comparison. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, if you're looking at kind of a comparison for how long Steve Eiserman could be with Detroit, uh, David Poyle has been with the uh, Nashville Predators since 1997. So, I mean, there's there's that. Uh, from yeah. Brian Biolo on Twitter, at BBiolo. Realistically, could the number 91 be retired this season? I am going to say realistically, yes. Realistically, Sergei Fedorov's number could be retired next season. And it seems like they're getting more friendly with him. He was on that video, that that congratulations video to Moritz Sider. So I think that as the team and management and stuff starts warming back up to Fedorov, not that they were cold on him before, but I think because in in partially because of the fan just screaming for it. I think they could retire Fedorov's number this season. Yeah, I mean, they haven't given the number out. Um, and I mean, it's just to me, it's like, what are you really waiting for? I mean, like, I know, you know, it didn't it didn't end well. Um, he, Mr. Illich thought that he was going to stay with Detroit. And he ended up signing a big contract with Anaheim. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, you kind of have to get over that stuff. Like, I'm sorry. I know, I know that may make me sound kind of foolish, but people were pissed at the time. But I mean, he did a lot of things for the Red Wings, you know. Yep. He was one of the best players in the NHL for a long much, time. Yeah. One of the best players of all time. First ballot hall of famer. He needs to have that number 91 retired. It needs to be up there. I don't understand why it's not yet. I really don't. I understand like you want to have old grudges and all that stuff, but you got to put that shit aside when it comes to hall of famers and, and stuff like that. And just kind of, kind of go with it. I, I really do think that, that there is a possibility it gets done this year. From or maybe Goose, they announce it this year and they don't do it till next year or something, but maybe I, I, I think they would, they would announce it before the season, like in preseason. Yeah. Sergey Fedorov Jersey retirement night and then sell out completely in two I'd seconds. I'd love to see it. I mean, I think a lot of people would love to see it. From Gustav on Twitter at Steve Eiser meme 19. Will Berggren and Edvinson's Calder race be Raymond and Cider 2.0? Mm. I wish. Uh, I was talking to Lars. Shout out to Lars again for translating more content. Um, I was talking to Lars and I said, selfishly, I would love Berggren to be in the Calder discussion next year. I think it's slim. He said 
Bergeron's maybe a dark horse for Calder discussion if his season goes in the NHL like it went in the AHL. I think Edvinson is going to have, um, and again, if Edvinson wins the Calder and then two years in a row, you've got a defenseman winning the Calder, that's, and they're both Red Wings defensemen, that's pretty phenomenal. But I don't think Bergeron is, I'm not going to say not able to keep up with the race, but I guess it depends on who the breakout rookies are next season. Veneers will be one, you know, the kid on the University of Michigan. That's what the uh, the Seattle Kraken. You'll have Kent uh, um, Kent Hoskins. Holy Kent fuck. Johnson, another Michigan guy. You'll have um, yeah. You'll have Luke Mason Hughes McTavish. Probably, actually, I think Luke Hughes is coming back to Michigan for one more year. You'll have Mason McTavish. Yeah. So uh, there's certain there's certainly a lot of good young players coming into the league. And I mean, Connor, uh, Shane Wright is going to be a guy that that probably will have a chance to sure. win that as well. It's same with Yuri Slipkovsky as well. So yeah, I think Edmondson should be in the discussion with the way he's played. If he if he translates as well, if he plays and he will play, but if he starts the season and can have that whole season to go, I think he should be in the discussion. Bergeron, I'm hoping, but I don't think it will be. Uh, a Raymond Cider 2.0 uh, situation there. I I would love it to be. I just don't think it will. No. I, well, I mean, to be fair though, we didn't think that was going to be the case. We didn't even know if Raymond was going to make the team. I had hope. We can go back and run the tapes. I can pull tapes, but I think that I said, and I mean, I was the most bullish of all of us. I said Raymond 50 points in his first season, and he overdid it. So. I mean, Berggren, I'm not going to say 50 points in his first season. I'm going to say maybe Berggren, maybe Berggren hits 40, maybe. But I don't, I, I don't think Berggren's not the same caliber of player as a Raymond. So. No, I don't think so. But I mean, hey, you know what? Like we said before, if this rebuild is going gonna, is gonna to become um, faster than we all thought it was going to become, he's going to have to hit on some guys. Yeah. I mean, Nikita Kucherov wasn't exactly... Nikita Kucherov until, you know, he, he took off. So, I mean, you, there's diamonds in the rough all the time. And, and if you, you want to become a team like Tampa, which, you know, we've always kind of compared this rebuild to Tampa's, even though it's a little bit slightly different. Um, you're going to have to, you're going to have to hit, hit on some of these guys. Yep. So, I mean, why not? We'll say it. We'll say that there's a chance, but I, I wouldn't hold your breath. So from Kringle Von Berg at Kringleberg on Twitter, would you trade Philip Ronick for Martin Neches? I would. Yes, I would. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, right now. Get on the phone because Neches has shown a huge amount of talent, had an offseason last season. Ronick has shown talent and has had an offseason, not an offseason, but defensively not responsible last season and not super great the season before. I would trade him and then I would just sign some right defenseman in free agency to fill the spot. Um, yeah, that is something I would do. We you would get a young Nick player up front. Hague deal. Sure. There's you'd you'd get a young player up front there. in Neches. So I would totally do it. From, I don't know if Carolina would do it. No, they would not. Absolutely not. You'd have to throw in a pick. Uh, yeah. From Jeffrey Dunst at Dunst underscore Jeffrey, what would you do with Kosa next season? And if we are the team to pick Brad Lambert, do you think Grand Rapids is the best spot for him? 
Uh, Kosa is interesting. Uh, if Kosa can come into camp, and again, Kosa was eliminated from the playoffs, but if he can come into camp and show he's got a really good foundation there, I have no problem with him being a backup in Grand Rapids. And if he's not a backup in Grand Rapids, like if he cannot solidify that role, and we had talked about this last week too, I'd yeah. see if you can send him over to the SHL. I'm not playing him. I do not think the ECHL is a good development route for NHL players. No, I don't think so. No, it's only is, good. It's only good for those fringe guys that your that bottom, were, your bottom line guys. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I guess there's, there's some examples of guys that became, you know, pretty impact players, but it's few and far between. And I do agree with you. It's not a good developmental league. The SHL. I mean, you've had success with it. So why not? Yeah, if there's if there's room, and I mean there could be room. I, the, you're getting a guy like with a high quality of a prospect as Kosa is. I think several SHL teams would say, "Sure, we have a spot. You can come and play. There's a spot for you." I'm not I think sure. There's zero chance he goes back to Edmonton, though. I I would agree now with kind of what he did in these playoffs. I think you'd be doing him a disservice even though his first half of the season was not super great up until, I mean, the, the world juniors kind of ruined his confidence and not being able to play. And then he totally got that back and just killed it out there and was named, was named one of the top three stars several times, had several shutouts in the playoffs. I can't send him back. So I'm either sending him to the SHL or I am, I'm playing him as a backup in grand Rapids. And then as far as Brad Lambert goes, uh, no, uh, no, I would also see if you can send him to the SHL because when we talked to Tony, uh, that Pelicans team was awful that he's more comfortable there, but the team was bad. And if that team is still going to be bad, that's not good development for Brad Lambert. So maybe you send him to Grand Rapids. I mean, they put Mo in Grand Rapids. I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Brad Lambert's interesting, right? I mean, he's a pretty big guy. There's a there's a chance that he could still be a star. Um, I think a couple of years ago he was projected to be what the second overall pick, and he's kind of he was fallen. a top three, yeah. Yeah, he's fallen way back. But I mean, again, you know, COVID that a lot of that had to do with a lot of players kind of mentally not all there and, and things like that. So you definitely have to take that into consideration. And I mean, like like you said, he's playing on an awful Pelicans team. So um, I don't even read into that too much. Somehow they made the playoffs if they were that awful, but um, I don't know if that's the situation where the, just in that league, everybody makes it. I don't know. Um, But he's, he's been a pretty good player over his career. So, I mean, Brad Lambert would be interesting. I would probably put him in Grand Rapids. If you can find a spot for him in the SHL in a good situation, like maybe, um, not Malmo, <laughs> like, yeah. um, not Malmo, um, maybe like Rolunda or Rogala or one of those teams. Um, uh, why not? But I, I don't know how full those leagues are, especially with like, you know, a lot of players leaving the KHL and stuff, you know, they're probably looking for spots there. So now could um, you send Brad Lambert to juniors? He is, uh, his rights are owned by the Saskatoon blades. No. I mean, it's it's a Brad Lambert is a very interesting guy. It feels like he's either going to be a guy that kind of falls and and doesn't really pan out, or he's going to be a guy that's an absolute star. I don't know why I say that. It's just it kind of feels that way. 
Yeah, I, I would say I don't think Grand Rapids would hurt him. I think if you could move him to the SHL, it, because Iserman has no problem with that. And I don't have any problem with that. The guys that have come out of the SHL that we've drafted have done great. Look at Elmer. Yeah, I mean, just to how much he exploded. If you could, if you could get a Brad Lambert, let's put it this way. You can get a Brad Lambert and, you know, we already know Soderblom's probably going to play in the AHL and we don't know if Bergeron's going to make the team or not. I guess it depends on what Eiserman does in the offseason. Well, we know Johansson's going to be over there. We know that Emil Vero is probably going to play in Grand Rapids. So there are going to be pretty talented prospects in Grand Rapids next season. They're going to be, they should be an exciting team to watch. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I really do. I, I, I like the idea of stacking the AHL team and just seeing kind of where you can go. Although he's 18, would he be eligible for the AHL? Um, yes, because he is coming out of a foreign league. Right. And then he's not, obviously he's not a, um, you said his rights are to the Saskatoon blades, but he's never signed or anything. Right. No, he's not played for them. So his uncle's Lane Lambert. Yeah. I knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. Lane Lambert's uncle. So there's also the the Iserman connection there. Yeah. So I don't Um, know. That'll be interesting to see as well. And Jimmy Lambert, his cousin, played at Michigan. So there's ties, man. Keep connecting the dots. Keep connecting the dots. Hockey is a small, small, small family. But go ahead. Sorry. Last question of the night from Jeremiah Bjorkstead uh, at Jay Bjorkstead. Andre Burkowski is a free agent. I absolutely love him, but curious if the abs keep him or what he'd want per year. I think the abs do keep him. Uh, the abs have a ton of money. I don't see any real reason not to to pay. They have to pay McKinnon after this year though. Well, they do, but again, they still have one of the lowest cap hits in hockey. So I don't think that, that there's any reason for them to dump him. Andre Burakovsky right now using evolving hockey's contract projection tool, uh, predicted term of seven years with a cap hit of 6.903. That's a lot. Uh, that it's a lot, but I mean, is it really though? Yeah. When you have to pay Nathan McKinnon nine and a half to 12, I mean, he could, if he wanted to be that guy, he could, he could stick it to the avalanche. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he's that type of guy. It doesn't seem like he's that type of guy. Hey, but now he's got a Stanley cup. He's been on a team friendly deal for you know a long time he's 26 years old if he hits unrestricted free agency man he's gonna get 13 15 million dollars a year um that's double more than double what he's got now yeah so he could could really screw the avalanche if he wanted to i don't think he will i don't think think he wants to from the same cloth as Sidney crosby where he's gonna take less to, to make the team you know, be able to afford guys like Alex Newhook and, and Kale McCarr. Well, Kale McCarr's signed already, which is kind of unreal, but Bowen Byram and, and um, you know, Devon Taves is up in two years. So, I mean, they have some guys that they have to re-sign like Kemper's a UFA now. So I don't know. There's certainly, there's certainly some maneuvering that they have to do, but they're definitely set up kind of like Tampa was a couple of years ago where they're going to be going after this for a while now. Well, if you look at Andre Burakovsky's previous seasons, this season in 80 games played, and this is this season he has played the most games in a season in his career. Uh, 80 games played, 22 uh, goals, 39 assists for 61 points. Last season with Colorado, 
in 53 games uh, played. He had 19 goals and 25 assists for 44 points. Yeah, I look at Jay Fresh's uh, war chart. He's at a 92% war, 74% EV offense, 18% EV defense. So his defense is not great, but his goals per 60 is at 93 and his primary assist per 60 is at 97 with a finishing of 98 in a competition of 97. So, I mean, great player. If you've got to pay him 6.9 million, probably not for the Red Wings. He's a left wing, so he doesn't solve a center problem for you. I, I there's mean, other UFAs I like better than than him. I like I like the Trocheck idea. I've been saying that for a while. I think that would be a good fit, kind of a match made in heaven. He's from Michigan. Um, Mickey Redmond loves him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that helps. Um, but no, I mean, all in all seriousness, I, I think the Trocheck idea is fantastic because. If you sign them long term, you could have them as a wing, as a center to start. Maybe Vincent Trocheck is not from center. Michigan, Tyler. What's that? He is not from Michigan. He's from Pennsylvania. Oh, he, did he play junior hockey in Michigan? I think he might have played junior hockey in Michigan. I'd have to look it up, but he is not from Michigan. Why did? Why do I keep saying why? Oh, DeBrinket's from Michigan. That's yes. what it is. But anyways, I mean, he definitely has Michigan ties. So there's definitely an opportunity there. And, but like I said before, and ter- more importantly, in, in terms of the team needs and stuff like that, he's a player that he could project as a center for now as the one the B. And then if you draft someone and, you know, they, they happen to be the, the two C in a couple of years or whatever, or someone emerges and they push him, maybe he can play the wing, you know, he's played the wing in his career. So I don't see why not. Plus, he gives you flexibility. So, I mean, that's that's where I look to. Is so, the Vinny Trocek. the Avs right now have twenty five point uh, six eight five million in cap space. They need to resign Abe Kubel, uh, Arturi Lekkinen. He's going to get money. Uh, Burkowski, Andrew Cogliano, Darren Helm. If he comes back, Nazem Kadri is either going to be a free agent or the yeah, Avs are going to resign him. Nico Sturm, uh, Jack Johnson. Bye bye. Uh, Josh Manson, who was good for them, Ryan Murray, and Darcy Kemper. I think so, Josh Manson's going to end up back in Anaheim. They've got a lot of people to sign. McKinnon's not up until next season. Next so. season. That, yeah, that's what I said after after this this coming season. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there, but I don't think they have a reason to trade him or uh, to let him to let him go. I think they could re-sign him. If you're looking at Vincent Trocheck's Michigan ties, he played four seasons for the Saginaw Spirit and one there season for is. the Plymouth Whalers. I knew there was some Michigan tie. There you go. There's yeah, the Michigan right. tie from there. Pittsburgh, one of the one of the few players in the NHL from Pittsburgh. And the last question, actually, we had one just pop in from Chris Federley at Chris Federley. Who's the top free agent the Wings should target? We already talked about it just a minute ago. Vincent Trocheck, I think, is the top free agent the Red Wings should target to sure up the second line center position. If you're going to go with a true free agent and not a trade. I would say Trocheck. And again, I'll, I'll also say Strom uh, as a, as a kind of one, two, there could go either way. Did you see the, did you see the video that one of the Rangers fans made of no. him missing the net a zillion times in the Stanley cup playoffs this year? I, I don't even <laughs> think the Rangers belonged in the playoffs. The only reason they were there is because of their goalie. So. Just Dirk and chesty. Yep. Uh, he says, my thoughts is someone to play with cider, get him a compliment. I'm hoping that's Edmondson. Uh, next season. So. Yeah, no, they, they don't need to go spending big money on, on defensemen yet. Yeah, not because a top you're gonna defenseman. Ha- if, 
if everything works out the way you want it to, you're going to have two big ass contracts on defense. You're going to have to spend big money on your own defenseman. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, But I want to get your final thoughts before we sign off, Tyler. Well, my final thoughts are we're getting to the point in time where the rubber meets the road with the coaching decision. Um, We're getting to the point in time where, I mean, there's going to be a decision one way or another on, I mean, trades and free agency. And, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to be talked about here over the next couple of weeks. So I'm just looking forward to it. I think everyone else should be looking forward to it. Uh, if you if you're in the Detroit area or the metro Detroit area, definitely go down to that draft party if you yeah, can. Yeah, come meet me. Go meet Greg because me and Ryan can't make it. I'm in Massachusetts, and uh, I mean, if we would have planned it out, I probably would have been able to come. But unfortunately, this time around, I'm not going to be able to come. Hopefully, you can get us some more um, some more people to have on the podcast. Yeah, let me work my work my magic. Yeah, work your proverbial magic there. So, but other than that, I mean, I, I just think that there's a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, the playoffs are over now, so you don't have to worry about that distraction. It it's going to be a bumpy ride. I, I really do think there's going to be a lot of movement for the Wings, and and not only just the Wings, but the whole NHL. I think there's going to be a lot of movement. Um, in the league. So you have to, that to look forward to as well. And those are my final thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91. Yeah. My final thoughts are uh, we're I'm starting a new thing. Um, so if there is midweek news, we don't have to wait an entire week to talk about it. I'm starting a new YouTube segment called 10 minute major. Uh, so when something happens during the midweek, I will be recording as close to a 10 minute segment on it as I can in getting that up on YouTube, just so that we get to the news while the news happens. And then we can get everyone's opinion on it during the week. So if we get a coach, say I post this tomorrow and we get a coach on Thursday, I will be recording a 10 minute major about the coaching hire that we can all then talk about on Monday. That way we don't miss news pieces and there is stuff to post midweek as well. Um, I also would love if everyone could go to our YouTube page, uh, Grindline Podcast on YouTube, subscribe to us, hit the notification button. We are up on there. We do have a TikTok now, Tyler. I made a TikTok today. Of course Uh, you did. You can follow us on TikTok at Grindline Pod. I'll be posting stuff there too. So um, yeah, Uh, you can follow us online at Grindline Pod. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. Uh, We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet. If you go follow them, they have a bunch of pod, hockey podcasts from all over all the different teams. They host us. They spread us around. We are forever grateful. Let's give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, where you should get all of your Detroit jerseys from. Their customer service is amazing. Their product is next to none. We love working with them. If you use the promo code GRINDLINE on Bring Hockey Back, you'll get 12% off. And if you use that same promo code on Howie's Hockey Tape, you'll get 10% off. We also give a shout out to our merch shop. If you go to redbubble.com and search the GRINDLINE, you will find all of our merch there. And last but not least, if I am forgetting anything, it is Manscaped. If you use the promo code GRINDLINE at Manscaped, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. That is going to do it for us tonight. So for Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.